Hare Krishna everyone, we are continuing with teachings of Queen Kunti by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And this is Shravanam Diaries Podcast, I'm your host Sulalita Devidasi and we are starting chapter 12, Bewildering Pastimes. Naveda kaschit bhagavam shchikir shitam tave hamanasya nrinam vidam banam Nayasya kaschit dayitosti karhichit dveshyaschayasmin vishamamatir nrinam O Lord, no one can understand your transcendental pastimes, which appear to be human and so are misleading. You have no specific object of favor, nor do you have any object of envy. People only imagine that you are partial. Srimad Bhagavatam 1.8.29 Purport The Lord's mercy upon the fallen souls is equally distributed. He has no one as the specific object of his hostility. The very conception of the personality of Godhead as a human being is misleading. His pastimes appear to be exactly like a human being's, but actually they are transcendental and without any tinge of material contamination. He is undoubtedly known as partial to his pure devotees, but in fact he is never partial, as much as the sun is never partial to anyone. By utilizing the sun rays, sometimes even the stones become valuable, whereas a blind man cannot see the sun, although there are enough sun rays before him. Darkness and light are two opposite conceptions. One second. Mm, okay. Darkness and light are two opposite conceptions. But this does not mean that the sun is partial in distributing its rays. The sun rays are open to everyone, but the capacities of the receptacles differ. Foolish people think that devotional service is flattering the Lord to get some mercy. Factually, the pure devotees who are engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Lord are not a mercantile community. A mercantile house renders service to someone in exchange for values. The pure devotee does not render service unto the Lord for such exchange, and therefore the full mercy of the Lord is open for him. Suffering and needy men, inquisitive persons or philosophers make temporary connections with the Lord to serve a particular purpose. When the purpose is served, there is no more relation with the Lord. 
a suffering man if he is pious at all. Praise to the Lord for his recovery. But as soon as the recovery is over, in most cases the suffering man no longer cares to keep any connection with the Lord. The mercy of the Lord is open for him, but he is reluctant to receive it. That is the difference between a pure devotee and a mixed devotee. Those who are completely against the service of the Lord are considered to be in abject darkness. Those who ask for the Lord's favor only at the time of necessity are partial recipients of the mercy of the Lord. And those who are sent percent engaged in the service of the Lord are full recipients of the mercy of the Lord. Such partiality in receiving the Lord's mercy is relative to the recipient, and it is not due to the partiality of the all-merciful Lord. When the Lord descends on this material world by His all-merciful energy, He plays like a human being, and therefore it appears that the Lord is partial to His devotees only, but that is not a fact. Despite such an apparent manifestation of partiality, His mercy is equally distributed. In the battlefield of Kurukshetra, all persons who died in the fight before the presence of the Lord got salvation without the necessary qualifications. Because death before the presence of the Lord purifies the passing soul from the effects of all sins. And therefore, the dying man gets a place somewhere in the transcendental abode. Somehow or other, if someone puts himself open in the sun rays, he is sure to get the requisite benefit both by heat and by ultraviolet rays. Therefore, the conclusion is that the Lord is never partial. It is wrong for the people in general to think of Him as partial. The Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 4.8 Paritrana yasadunam vinashaya chadushkritam Dharma samsthapanarthaya sambhavami yuge yuge. Quote, In order to deliver the pious and to annihilate the miscreants, as well as to re-establish the principles of religion, I advent myself millennium after millennium. Unquote. When God incarnates, He has two missions. To vanquish the demons and deliver the sadhus, the faithful devotees. The word sadhunam, which means saintly persons, refers to devotees. It has nothing to do with worldly honesty or dishonesty, 
morality or immorality, it has nothing to do with material activities. Sometimes we may think that the word sadhu refers to a person who is materially good or moral, but actually the word sadhu refers to one who is on the transcendental platform. A sadhu, therefore, is a devotee, because one who engages in devotional service is transcendental to material qualities. Now, the Lord comes to deliver the devotees, but it is clearly stated in Bhagavad Gita 14.26 that a devotee transcends the material qualities. A devotee is in a transcendental position because he is no longer under the control of the three modes of nature, three material modes of nature, goodness, passion and ignorance. But if a sadhu is already delivered, being on the transcendental platform, then where is the necessity of delivering him? This question may arise. The Lord comes to deliver the devotee, but the devotee is already delivered. Therefore, the, the word vidambanam, meaning bewildering, is used in this verse because this appears contradictory. Hmm. The answer to this contradiction is that a sadhu, a devotee, does not require deliverance, but because he is very much anxious to see the Lord face to face, Krishna comes not to deliver him from the clutches of matter from which he has already been delivered, but to satisfy his inner desire. Jai Haribo! Just as a devotee wants to satisfy the Lord in all respects, the Lord even more wants to satisfy the devotee. Such are the exchanges of loving affairs. Even in our ordinary dealings, if we love someone, we want to satisfy him or her, and he or she also wants to reciprocate. So, if the reciprocation of loving affairs exists in the material world, in what an elevated way, in what an elevated way must it, it exist in the spiritual world? In what an elevated way must it exist in the spiritual world? Hmm. There is a verse in which the Lord says, quote, the sadhu is my heart, and I am also the sadhu's heart. Mm. The sadhu is in my heart, the sadhu is my heart. The sadhu is my heart, and I am also the sadhu's heart. This is just so beautiful, so just, wow. The sadhu is always thinking of Krishna, 
and Krishna is always thinking of the sadhu, his devotee. The appearance and disappearance of the Lord within this material world are called Chikirshitam, pastimes. It is Krishna's pastime that he comes. Of course, when the Lord comes, he has some work to perform, to protect the sadhu and kill those who are against the sadhu. But both of these activities are his pastimes. The Lord is not envious. The killing of the demons is also a display of his affection. Sometimes we may punish our children by giving them a very strong slap because of love. Similarly, when Krishna kills a demon, this killing is not on the platform of material jealousy or envy, but on the platform of affection. Therefore, it is mentioned in the Shastras, the Vedic literatures, that even the demons killed by the Lord attain immediate salvation. Putana, for example, was a demoniac witch who wanted to kill Krishna. When Krishna was performing pastimes as a small child, she coated the nipple of her breast with poison and approached Krishna's home to offer the milk of her breast. When Krishna sucks my nipple, she thought, the child will immediately die. But that was not possible. Who can kill Krishna? Instead, she herself was killed, for Krishna sucked the nipple and also sucked out her life altogether. But what was the result? Krishna took the bright side. The bright side. This demoniac woman came to kill me, he thought. But somehow rather I have sucked her breast milk, so she is my mother. Thus, Putana attained the position of Krishna's mother in the spiritual world. This is explained in the Srimad Bhagavatam, where Uddhava says to Vidura that Krishna is so kind, God is so kind, that even the witch who wanted to kill him with poison was accepted as his mother. Since Krishna is such a kind God, he said, whom else shall I worship but Krishna? Kunti Devi says, Nayasya kashchi daitah. The word daita means favor. Krishna favors no one. Dveshashcha and no one is his enemy. We expect some benediction or profit from a friend and harmful activities from an enemy. But Krishna is so perfect that no one can, can harm him nor can anyone give him anything. So who can be his friend or enemy? He doesn't need anyone's favor. 
he is complete. I may be a very poor man, and therefore I may expect some favor from a friend, but that is because I am imperfect, because I am not full, because I am deficient in so many ways, I am always needy, and therefore I want to create some friend, and similarly, I hate an enemy. But since Krishna is the supreme, no one can harm him, no one can harm Krishna, nor can anyone give Krishna anything. Why then are we worshipping Krishna in the temple by offering Krishna so many comforts, dressing him, decorating him and giving him nice food? We should try to understand that Krishna does not need our offerings of nice garments, flowers or food, but if we give such offerings to Krishna, we shall benefit. Thus, it is Krishna's favor that he accepts such offerings. If one decorates oneself, one's reflection in a mirror will also appear decorated. Similarly, since we are reflections of Krishna, if we decorate Krishna, we also shall be decorated. In the Bible, it is said that man was made in the image of God, and this means that we are reflections of God's image. It is not that we invent or imagine some form of God according to our own form. Those who adhere to the Mayavada philosophy of anthropomorphism say, quote, the absolute truth is impersonal, but because we are persons, we imagine that the absolute truth is also a person." Unquote. This is a mistake. And in fact, just the opposite is true. We have two hands, two legs and a head because God himself has these same features. We have personal forms because we are reflections of God. Furthermore, we should philosophically understand that if the original person benefits, the reflection also benefits. So if we decorate Krishna, we also shall be decorated. If we satisfy Krishna, we shall become satisfied. If we offer nice food to Krishna, we shall also eat the same food. Those who live outside the temples of Krishna consciousness may never have imagined some such palatable food as the food we are offering to Krishna. But because it is being offered to Krishna, we also have the opportunity to eat it. So we should try to satisfy Krishna in all respects, and then we shall be satisfied in all respects. Krishna does not need our service, but he kindly accepts it. Jai. We're going to stop here for today. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. The link to this book is in the description. Please visit our website shravanamdiaries.com and we shall see you next time. Hare Krishna.